0: Welcome to the Portal to Genius class. Some of you have already heard me say this, but I've kind of been on a sabbatical for about three years. And so this is the first weekend really coming back and especially excited because I get to share some of the things I learned during my sabbatical. How many of you have read The Jackrabbit Factor, which is the book before Portal? Anybody? My cousin. Cool. Okay. Well, I, then I'm curious. Why are you here? What about this class intrigued you? This is interactive. What's that? Because you're in the other class and you want more of that, right? Why else? I mean, really, why are you here? This is, what's that? Okay. Someone told you to come. Because you missed the other one by mistake. Oh, too late for you. Sorry. (laughs) No, if you missed the other class, just go to hiddentreasuresbook.com and download it for free. And that's There's a piece of the class that's not in the book, but by downloading it, you'll be connected with me, and you can ask for it, or it will eventually come to you, because I have some follow-up messages that lead you to it. Welcome. The reason I do what I do, in a nutshell, when my husband and I first got married in 1991, eons ago, I had this image of what married life was going to be, and it just wasn't quite what I had pictured because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and my husband, we had decided before we married that that was the picture for our family. And it was mutually agreed and great, we're on our way. Well, we at the time were only between the two of us making about $1,000 a month, and this was not in the 1950s. (laughs) But we had faith. And we believed that as long as we just did the things that we were supposed to do, that we believed were part of following God, that everything would work itself out. Right? That's the formula. So when the baby came along after a year, uh, decided that I was going to stay home from work because that's what we had decided, and we still, I think, we're only making maybe 12 by this time. hundred a month between the two of us. And so I decided that I would stay home from work, and I just did. And it was a leap of faith the Lord will provide. After a year of this and the stress that comes with bouncing checks all the time and bills and late payments and medical problems, and it just piled on us and the depression that came with it and postpartum and new baby, and I was the youngest in my family and I didn't babysit much. So everything was just a huge shock to my system. And after a year of this, my husband lost his job on top of it. And I was forced back to work. Now I'm dropping my baby off at daycare in the morning when it's still dark outside and picking him up in the afternoon, actually in the evening, when it was dark again. And so to see my own child in daylight hours was a weekend thing, and it was depressing. And so we had some friends that saw older friends had raised their family, and they were kind of like grandparents to my kids, and they recognized that we could use a little bit of mindset training, that some of the problems that we were having were not really necessary and could be avoided if we would respond differently to the problems that we kept having. For example, if you get a late notice from the bank, should you be angry at the bank? How many of us get angry at the bank? Okay, it's just reactionary instead of intentional and choosing your thoughts. Because I remember there was a time where, you know, seven more years of this and things didn't change. It was seven years of this. And for the first time in my life, I found myself wondering if there really even was a God. I'd never, I I had always known that there was someone there for me until seven years of this. And I thought, I don't even know what's true anymore. Be good and you'll prosper. Where'd that go? You know? And so another challenge would show up. The car would break down or something. It was just like, bam, 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 one thing after another. And finally, I would just say, I don't know what to think about this. Another thing. What am I supposed to think? Deep down, there was a piece of me that knew that if I could just think right about this, everything would work itself out. I look back on that as some kind of genius inspiration of a concept because how did I know that if I could just think right, everything would work itself out? I believe the Lord planted that question in my heart so that I would have a radar up for the answers when they came. Like I said, this other couple saw that we could use some mindset training and invited us to start attending seminars with them. And so over seven years, I counted it up. We attended about 100 different seminars, business development, personal development, rah-rah, you know, just motivational training, rally, whatever, and reading books. And every time I would attend one, I would come away from it like, oh my gosh, yes, our life's going to change. I get it, I get it. I'd get a nugget. I'd write it down and be like, okay, so I just have to do this or that. And throughout all of it, those seven years, one common thread in each of those presentations was, you know, picture what you want, dream big. And hearing that for seven years, it starts to get old. Yeah, yeah, I got that, but what do I say to the prospect? What are the right words to get the sale? Or how do I schedule my time to be the most effective? It was all about what do I do? Picture what you want. Yeah, okay, got that, but what do I do? Picture what you want. I I know, I know, got that, what do I do? And I wasn't hearing it. And finally, some of you heard this in the last class, I hit a wall and decided, all right, fine, I will. I went, escaped into my brain because I couldn't be happy anywhere else. And I thought, I'll just escape and live it in my head if I can't have it in real life. And in the back of my head, I was hearing, you are so pathetic. Leslie, has it come to this? But I started picturing what I wanted to see what that would feel like. A year later, we're living what I would pictured and I didn't understand what had happened until two years later when I started to understand these principles, but I wrote The Jackrabbit Factor, which is a story that takes the principles from your head to your heart through an experience. Most people can read it in one sitting. It is free. If you just go to jackrabbitfactor.com, it's a download. One man credited that book for getting him the world's best job out of 34,000 applicants. Did any of you follow that reality show about 2008 called The World's Best Job. Anybody remember that? You saw it? Do you remember the man who won, Ben Southall? Did you know that he mentioned my book? <laughs> um, were you the ones that emailed me about that? Because I didn't see it. I had somebody had to tell me about that. Anyway, The World's Best Job was to be an ambassador for tourism in the Great Barrier Reef on a paradise island for six months and your job is to do all the tourist attractions and blog about it for six figures. Nice job. Well, there were people from all over the world who applied for that job. It was 34,000 applicants and the man who won was from England, his name was Ben Southall, and he was on an interview in Canadian national news saying that he did what the Jacobit Factor book told him to do and he got the job which is really not complicated. You'll read it, you'll read it in probably one sitting. It's a story, it's a fun read. And the idea is that you will see life differently when you're done reading it. Now, after that, and we were doing well and we made a bunch of money and then we started investing that money in different places and then that all fell apart and we just about lost everything. And so, <laughs> anybody know what that's like? Well. Try being the jackrabbit lady when that happens, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this can't happen to me. (laughs) I'm the jackrabbit lady, and I'm supposed to be teaching how to prosper, and all these people are emailing me after reading the book saying, oh my gosh, this is what happened in my life that's changed. Your book helped me do this and that, and I'm seeing all these success stories every week coming in, and I'm like, okay, but when do I get my dream again? And I started feeling jealous of my readers who were having success. And I thought, I don't know what happened to me. I can't make it work anymore. And uh, I thought, maybe I just need to pull the books off the shelf and make a public apology that I I don't know anymore. I'm not sure. And the little voice in my head said, keep teaching. You don't make the principles true or false by how well you're living them. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? And so... I'm not one of these speakers who just can't wait to go out there and talk to people. I'm a mom, I've got seven kids, and that's where I love to be, and yet because of the change that happened to us, when we finally got it, when the lights finally went on and I finally understood what I had done to make those changes, I couldn't not share what we had learned. I knew there were a lot of other moms who wanted to be home from work. I knew that there were a lot of people who had missions to fulfill and were strapped and couldn't go there. And so let's solve that problem so that we can complete the mission we're here to fulfill. And so I was compelled just, you know, if I had solved the problem early on before it was really, really painful, I would have just been, great, it's over, moving on. But because it was so long in coming, that when it finally came, I couldn't be satisfied to just live it and enjoy it. I had to share it. And so there was that. But after we just about lost everything, um, I thought, man, what am I learning now? And what I learned through that process, we got to the point where all of our money was gone. We we had had to sell our homes. We, We started using credit just to hold everything together, hoping things would turn around before it fell apart. And it was so stressful. But we had a mentor who was teaching us a formula. And this is Garrett Gunderson. Some of you may have heard of him or know him. He, he wrote a book called Killing Sacred Cows. It's very good. And he taught that financial capital is a byproduct of relationship capital and mental capital. Financial capital is a byproduct of relationship capital and mental capital. So when money is low, most people go after the left side of the equation going after the money. I'm out of money. I'm going to go find some money. And so they focus on money. But the money is just a byproduct. And so instead, when there is no money and you have no other choice, build relationship capital or build your mental capital. Learn something new. Serve someone. And so when we were running out of resources and we were dried up, we couldn't figure out where to get the money, but we could serve someone. But we could provide a service for someone. But we could build a relationship with someone. And those are the things that we focused on. And as we did that, the money started to come again. But here is just a summation of the principle of the Jacobit factor. So you have this foundation before we go into the rest of the class. It's just a quick little slideshow. You see that okay? All right, here we go. So with that, the story itself is much more involved than, than this little snippet. But it gets the point across that what my husband and I were doing all those years where we would go to the events, the seminars, and read the books. And they would say, if you do this, 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 and this, just like we have done, you'll have what we have. And so we would. We'd go do what they did. And we wouldn't get what they have. Well, why did they do These steps? Why did they do what they did? They did those things because they had a vision for what they were trying to accomplish and they instinctively knew that that's what they should do. So, what we were doing was jumping and barking, thinking that would produce a rabbit. It's the difference between busyness and being productive. If you want to be productive, you need to see a vision in your mind of what you're trying to accomplish because as you do that, as you form that image in your mind, of the goal achieved. What does it look like when it's done? What does the house look like when it's been built? What does the relationship look like when it's intact and healthy? What does, the, the, what does your body look like when it's healthy? Get the vision for what that looks like. Imagine how it would feel to have that accomplished. That puts you in the place in the mental state to know instinctively exactly what to do to achieve it. If you were to uh, picture, I wonder if I have a picture of it. I'm not sure. I'll stick to the slides and I'll throw it in if I don't see it. But Einstein said that the significant problems we face in life cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we, who? We created them. So you look at this little guy. He's got a problem. He's trying to fit something into that circle in the wall. And the solution exists, but it's not on his level of thinking. He can't think of what that solution is because it's, not on his level. If he were to picture in his mind the wall with a circle peg in the circle hole, see it done, imagine how grateful he's going to feel when it's done. Or imagine, you know, when you picture something done and you really feel what that might feel like, it's kind of like pretending that it's already done and then your body has a physiological response to that image as though it's done and it's going to put a smile on your face or it's going to put a chill down your spine or whatever that that feeling is going to be it's going to do that because subconsciously it thinks it's already happened but as you do that you're putting yourself on a different level of thinking and as with radio there are different radio stations what's a radio station in this area i'm not from here 98.7. 98.7. 98.7. Okay. 98.7. Where were you when you listened to 98.7 last? In the car. In the car. So, if you want to hear 98.7, you've got to be in your car? Not necessarily. But okay. That's where it's easy. That's where it's easy. Is 98.7 in this room? Yep. Yes. yes. Okay. Is 101.3 in this room? Sure. Is there any radio station, FM radio station, that local, that is not in this room? They're all here. The solution to every problem is only an idea away. And there are thought frequencies, just like there are different radio stations. As our awareness grows, we change our level of thinking. There are different levels of thinking, and let me give you an example. Say you walk outside one day and you see that a neighbor kid has broken your broom in half. If you're on a very low level of thought frequency, what would your reaction be to that? Call the cops. Do you know anyone who's done that? <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't know, I did that. Um, that's where my thought frequency was at the end of seven years of hearing seminar speakers telling me to picture what I want and dream big. And and it's really, I look back and I, it's no wonder that, I mean, we were trying to build a business, a people business. And, so, okay, you chuckle. Okay, are you going to be... Doing well in a people business if you're calling the cops on the kid who broke your broom. Probably not. Because my thought frequency was way down here on a low level. And so when a problem would come up, when a challenge would show up, I was responding on that level. Every solution I had was on a low level. And it wasn't until I gained higher awareness that I would have a situation come to me and I wouldn't react or respond with those negative negative responses. Well, I promise you that how you think and how you respond to challenges is going to determine what your life looks like next year. I promise you that. And so it all comes down to how are you going to respond to your challenges. So there are thought frequencies. And in fact, the solution to whatever problem you're facing right now is in this room, just like 97, 937? 7, 98, 7, 98, 7 is in this room and all those other ones. And so is the solution to your problem on a broadcast in this room right now. And if you don't know what the solution is yet, it's not that it's not there, it's not that it doesn't exist, it's that your thought frequency needs to be elevated to where it is. And once it is, once you're tuned in on that level, it's gonna come to you like a spark, like a genius idea, inspiration. That's why I call my sequel to the Jacobit Factor Portal to Genius. Because, again, raise your hand if you've already read Jackrabbit Factor. I want to talk to those of you who have. All right. Keep your hand up if you've read Jackrabbit, but you have not read Portal. Okay. So, at the end of Jackrabbit Factor, Richard and Felicity are feeling how? Hopeful. Hopeful. Pretty excited about their life. All right. So, how many of you have gone to an event, and you've come away from it feeling hopeful and excited about your life? And then what happens on Monday? reality, reality hits. And I'm going to just give you a little sneak peek at what happens in Portal for those of you who've read Jackrabbit and not Portal. I'm not going to give you any spoilers on the first book for those of you who hadn't read it. Please go read it. It's a free download. There's no excuse not to. But on Monday, Richard goes to work, so excited about their dreams and what they're going to accomplish. And that day he receives a reduction in pay. Not what you expect, because now they're thinking right. They're thinking right, so the right things are supposed to start showing up, and it's opposite of what they expected. That's reality. That's reality. So if you've read Jackrabbit Factor and you've had hope, and then you go to apply it and everything goes backwards instead of forwards, or down instead of up, you're on the right track. And it's it's true, you are on the right track. And there is a slide here later with a spider on it, And when we get to that, you're going to get the conclusion to this particular piece. So there are thought frequencies, and as our awareness grows, we tune in to better solutions. Do you agree that there are multiple solutions to any one problem? And there's a good, better, best. And all all gradients in between. I love this. Einstein said, I want to know God's thoughts. The rest are details. So if you've got a challenge and you'd like to know what is the best solution to this, where are you going to get the best answer? Directly from God. That is another meaning behind the name of the book, Portal to Genius. I heard, and I threw this in here on this particular presentation, because I recently heard that some people believed Einstein became an atheist or ended up as an atheist. And I found this quote from him that I thought was very interesting. He says that science without religion Science without religion is lame. And I don't think he means lame like the cool kids say lame. I think limping. he's just limping. It's, it's not, it's hampered, hampered. You've got all the right words today. Thank you. I'm so glad you're <laughs> in the front row. And religion without science is blind. And so I love that Einstein saw that the two together is very powerful. And as you'll see in the, in the books that I have um, for free, that there are laws that govern everything. Natural laws. And sometimes we align ourselves with those laws and have success, and we don't know what we did. And it's hard to duplicate it if you don't know what you did. And it's hard to teach your children how to do it if you don't know what you did. And so that's what I'm talking about, this increasing in awareness. You read Hidden Treasures, hiddentreasuresbook.com. It's a free download. You learn the laws that govern prosperity, It's not, be good and you'll prosper. Those are not the laws connected to prosperity. Of course it helps, but there are specific laws that as you respond to your challenges in a certain way, thinking a certain way, you can expect to prosper by law. So that is my invitation to you. Again, yes, I do have a picture. Tuning in, the solution to every problem is only an idea away. And like a radio broadcast, it's already in the room. Let's take a minute. If you've got something to write on, I want you to think about what your most pressing dilemma is right now in your life or what your focus is on. Maybe you're just going after a goal. Maybe you have a challenge and you want to get rid of that so that you can focus on your goal. Think about what that is. If it's a struggling relationship, what does that feel like? See it happening for it to be healthy and good. If it's a health thing, how is that going to feel to be healthy? If it's a money thing, how is it going to feel to have that settled Raise your hand if you found it difficult to see it accomplished and instead found yourself seeing it the way it is now. And then were you able to shift that and see it accomplished? How many of you raise your hand if you were able to see it accomplished? How many of you felt a little bit of what you expect to feel when it is? Uh, Raise your hand if it was hard to do. Hard to decide what to focus on. Very interesting point. Hard not to go into solving. solving. Thinking is hard work, it it can be exhausting. But by doing what you just did, if you felt something, if you were able to get to a place of feeling something new, new meaning different than worry or stress about what is, if you're able to change the feeling, then you've just tuned your dial on your radio to a higher thought frequency and as you allow yourself to stay there you'll be right there and ready when that spark comes or it's it's already here and and how many of you did anybody get a new thought on what they could do about that that they had not considered before i realize i already am existing in the solution i keep Grabbing the problem and bringing it into brought, the solution's already here. I, keep, I am actually creating the problem to stay worse. So I just need to exist in what I'm already in. And that Excellent. was very enlightening for me because I did not expect that. Excellent. Anyone else? Anyone else have a new thought or a, a new idea that they had not expected about what they could do about that situation? was just get out of the way. Get out of the way remove yourself from the situation and stop trying to manipulate it. Okay. In other words, resign as manager of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine is just as simple as seeing a deck on an office in a place that I was not thought of before, you're about everything you and just kind of Interesting. a Interesting. A deck you hadn't thought of before. So that deck is in this room. Did anybody else see that deck? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a deck in mine. Did you? already... Oh really? Yeah. And uh, what did it look like? Um, it's got a wrought iron fence. It's got a staircase that goes down. Like, okay. Did yours have a fence? Yeah. What kind? iron. <laughs> so they tuned into the same channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's cool. That's cool. And I and yet it's not surprising. It's interesting. Like when I when I named my daughter, my first daughter, I invented. Kaylee. Did you invent? You invented Kylie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. It's just kind of interesting to know that, number one, the solution already exists. The solution is only as far away as an idea. We think, I need the money. No, you need the idea that will get you the money. I need the time. No, you don't need the time. You need the idea that will get you the time. It's all about the ideas. It's the portal to genius. Because if you never run out of the ideas, then will you always have the resources you need to do what you're trying to do? Absolutely. And so it's a mind game. It's all a mind game. And once you understand that, and (laughs) I promise you, we're all still human and mortal and everything, because I'll be going about my activities and my tasks and trying to get things done, and something will be stuck and just not moving or not working or I can't figure this piece out or whatever, and I'll just push it, push it, push it, push it, push it. In the back of my head, I'm hearing, stop and picture it. I don't have time to do that. I'm just going to make this happen. Stop and picture it. I don't have time. I can be stubborn. And sometimes I just don't feel like it because it's exhausting. It can be exhausting. But just know that that is a solution. It's a tool available to you. You can use it anytime in any problem where you stop, picture it, feel it, and then proceed, knowing that the thoughts you're having on that level are a different nature. Because if you keep, what did he say before? The significant problems we face in life cannot be solved at the same level of thinking you were at when you created them. The solution isn't here. You're going to keep solving it with the same solutions that put you there. You want to get off that frequency? Stop. Picture it. Feel it. You've just turned your dial. I want to know God's thoughts. Let's read His Word. Let's find out how He wants us to think. Do you think that would put us on a higher frequency? Absolutely. So here's an interesting thought, and I mentioned this in my last class. I hope you don't mind the repeat if you've been back. When I had that day where I decided to picture what I wanted, thinking I was doing something pathetic, I imagined the house of our own. I imagined walking in with groceries and having my kids run up past me and go through a runaround because, you know, if you were raising kids, you should have a house with a runaround. <laughs> my mother taught me that. So I knew that our first house, when you buy it, it would have a way where they run this way and they can come around and come out. No dead ends. I mean, not only dead ends. And so I'm picturing this, and I'm just kind of, I kind of get this smile on my face. And when there's a smile on the face that happens spontaneously, it's because I know I have released those endorphins, and that was a physiological response to doing what I'm talking about. But the key is that you don't doubt. It's important to plant the seed and then not cast out the seed by thinking, oh, that'll never happen, or I don't know if that, I'm not sure if I planted a seed. I'm looking for evidence that something actually changed. And I'm not seeing any evidence. Because it's not just about the ideas that you get. I was not planning on sharing this, but I'm going to. You tune into that frequency, and it might be someone else that gets a spark that will help you. For example, and this is a true story, I'm on a Facebook group called Missionary Mamas. For moms who have missionaries out in the world... And one young man, his name is Russ, was at an airport, and I believe, I don't know for sure, I believe it was after he had already served a mission, but he was at an airport traveling somewhere, and he thought he ought to um, charge his phone while he waited for the plane. He didn't really need to charge his phone, it wasn't dying, and he had plenty of time, but he decided to charge it. And he went to the first kiosk, and it was full. He went to another kiosk, it was full, and he just kept going from kiosk to kiosk, and they were all being used. And he persisted, and he finally found one that was open. So he plugged it in, and he sat down, and across the way, he heard this young lady at the desk talking to an attendant, and she was visibly upset. And she was frustrated and upset and trying to communicate in a different language, but they just couldn't communicate with each other. And he kept hearing her say the word Mongolian, so he assumed it was Mongolian Chinese. And he thought, well, I have a friend that went on a mission and had to learn Mongolian Chinese. So he got him on the phone, and he said, hey, John, Someone is here at the airport, something's wrong, I can't tell what it is. I think she speaks Mongolian, could you help her out? And he says, sure. So he goes up to the woman, and he holds out his phone, and he says, Mongolian. And she takes it, and she uh, starts talking, and after a while, she bursts into tears and is just hysterical, and he's like, "What? what happened? And anyway, finally, she gets everything settled, she hands him the phone back, And he gets on there. He says, John, what happened? And John is hysterically crying himself. He's like, what? What happened? And turns out this John, who helped translate, had taught and baptized this young woman on his mission and her entire family. And she was on her way to the MTC to serve a mission herself. And I just... I'm so amazed and grateful that God cares (laughs) enough about each one of us as his children to orchestrate the help we need in ways that are so miraculous that we can't say, that was just a coincidence. How cool is that? That's so weird, you know? But when it's that mysterious and unusual and uncanny. Who else can you give the glory to? It just makes me humbled. And I bring that up because I want you to know that the unseen help is available to each one of us always. But there are laws, natural laws, that must be aligned with in order to benefit from those blessings, from that resource. And what it is, and like I said, we align with it sometimes without knowing we have. Raise your hand if you can think of an experience that was just amazing and uncanny in your own life. And we may not even recognize them when they're happening. For example, once I learned this principle of imagine and feel and believe and not doubt, casting out doubt as though it was a sin, I thought, well, I've got this one bedroom and it really could use a headboard. You know, I was trying to create this home with an atmosphere that would nurture our family. And and in my head, it needed this headboard to be that. But women, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and what I had pictured was some big wooden chunky headboard. And we were living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, but I really had a desire for that and applied the principles. And it doesn't replace prayer, it's just a more effective way to pray. For example, I used to pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, please send us some money or help us figure this out because if, if we don't get the money, at the end of the month, we're going to have this huge, awful experience and it's going to be awful. And I'm, what am I doing? Boxing. I'm picturing what I don't want and getting really emotional about that. And he's right there like, I got what you need. Get it right. Come on, Leslie. Just get it right. Picture it. Feel it. Be grateful for it. You do that and I can. I can. It's not in alignment with law. God operates by laws. And what does he do in his scriptures? He teaches us what those laws are. He gives us clues on, you know what, you just tweak it this way a little bit and it's yours. And we think that we have to beg and plead <coughs> for what we need. We have to petition him and just be so penitent. And No, that's whining. I mean, we, we just just align and... Believe and ask. Do you think he said, ask and ye shall receive because maybe it might work? On a good day? If you didn't yell at kids that day. Here's the thing. When I started praying and preparing myself to pray by picturing what I was trying to create, And reflecting back on all the times he had blessed me before. And reflecting on what I had going for me now. All the blessings that I was already enjoying. And I allowed myself to imagine what it would be like should he grant it. And let myself feel the gratitude I expect to feel. And then ask. This picture is a mexican fan palm sprouting out of stony ground and i think back to that that time when i imagined being in a home of our own and all that stuff and what i was doing by seeing it and feeling it i was planting a seed which initiated all the forces that needed to come together to orchestrate that coming to pass in my life and as long as i didn't doubt it was developing. It was coming into form. The law of perpetual transmutation says that everything, every situation, every circumstance is either moving into form or moving out of form. There is no status quo. Everything's an ocean of motion at all times. And as we believe, it's coming together. Oh, I'm not sure though. Boy, I sure hope so. And I, you know what? I think this is going to work. Oh, but man, that's not looking right. Just hang on to that long enough until it comes together. And so it's not about how strong is your belief. It's how quickly do you cast out the doubt when you feel it. Because in the situation with my house, I planted the seed and I didn't even know I planted one, did I? I didn't even know that I'd done anything. I didn't understand that I had lined up with the laws. And so for the next year, as it was coming together... Do you think I ever stopped and thought, ooh, I wonder if that seed I planted is still growing? I don't think so because I'm not seeing any evidence of it. No, the whole time I had no doubt because I didn't know I had done anything. So it was a seed that was planted and grew on its own in a stony, stony ground. I was not what I would think I had to be to achieve the success. It's less about how good are you at believing and pretending and more about how disciplined are you about casting aside the doubt. Well, how do you cast out the doubt? Doubt is so common to the human experience. Here's what you do. When you feel the doubt, you say, I choose to believe. Yeah, it may not happen, but I'm choosing to believe. It's a choice. I have agency. I can choose to. And we think we're going to have to believe in something only if it's true, only if it's really going to happen. I don't dare believe. That we're going to get in a house of our own. I don't dare believe that because it might not happen, and I don't want to be disappointed. Well, whether or not I do depends on how I'm thinking about it. And so, if I have doubt, I say, I choose to believe. Yeah, it may or may not happen, but I'm choosing to believe. That's how you cast out the doubt, declaring that. You may, you may see. What's that? It takes practice. It does take practice, and I had. Just stop doing it. It's hard it gets easy it does and there you would have seen me drive in the streets a few years back um when i my my uh affirmation because you know you tell yourself a lie often enough and eventually you'll start to believe it i decided that instead of telling myself we are broke start telling the truth in advance you know money comes to me frequently and easily from multiple sources on a continual basis people love my products you know i i had this affirmation and uh I didn't believe it, but the more I would tell myself that, the more I knew I was kind of conditioning myself to believe it and changing what I was tuned into, putting myself on a higher thought frequency so that I or someone else, remember that man in the airport, it wasn't even his goal to solve a Mongolian translation problem. That wasn't his goal. But his thought to go charge his phone, even though it didn't need to be charged, was God bringing someone who had the resource and an amazing resource at that, bringing this person to the right place so that they could. It was her goal, and he was the one that got inspired for it. Cool stuff. So it's about choosing to believe, casting away any doubt. And like I said, it's not about having intense immovable belief. It can be as small as a mustard seed and be sufficient as long as there is no doubt. And if you have doubt and you don't cast it out, okay, this is a nugget, If you have doubt and you don't cast it out and you dwell there for a little while, how you think about that is the determining factor. You can say, oh, man, I had doubt. Now it's not going to (laughs) work. No, okay, I used to cycle through with depression. I had depression off and on quite a bit throughout those years. And I would have a bad day where my thoughts were negative and nasty and angry, and and I just had to go there Get it out of my system. And then at the end of that, oh, I guess I can't have my goals because I was just so negative. No. You know what? That was a bad day. A bad day helps me know what a good day feels like. Thank you, God, for that bad day. And I'm going to choose to believe that what goal I had set two months ago is still coming together. That's my choice. I'm going to choose to believe that I didn't ruin everything. It's not what happens. It's how you think about what happens on every level at every point. And that's where we rely on the atonement of Jesus Christ to make up the difference where we fall short of the law. Isn't that what he's all about? That's what it's about. So I'm going to just give you some examples. We've got about 15 minutes left of what to think when you don't know what to think, when you face adversity, fear, doubt, or impatience. Here's an example of what you can do when you feel doubt. I did tell you you can just say, I choose to believe. That can be powerful, but at the same time, this picture just reminds me of back in ancient days when the Native Americans lived in Arizona. They built canal systems, and these canals took water from all over, but they didn't open the water on it until the trenches were all dug. And so when you have doubt, take action and do something to prepare for the flow I'm specifically talking about, in my experience, we needed more money. Well, I don't know where it's going to come from. We've set goals and it hasn't happened yet. How do I keep the doubt away? Well, I can improve the website. I can organize the office. I can talk to some prospects. I can dig a trench to prepare for the flow. Here's our spider lady. So this is what to think when you have adversity. All right, here's a story. My daughter, uh, the one who I named Kaylee, invented her name. When she was like in... Third grade, she joined the orchestra at school. And every day she'd go to the orchestra. She would sit in a chair and she ended up being all by herself because all the clicky girls would sit together over here and she was always kind of on the outside and she always felt really bad about that. And we had a long talk about. I said, honey, if you want more friends, what do you think that's gonna feel like to have more friends? And I'd start to walk her through the visualization of it, and I taught her how to pray for more friends and to believe and choose. So she did this, and, and I said, and you might want to try sitting in another chair, You know, because you're putting yourself over here on the side. Maybe you should sit on another chair. And so she had determined that she would go that day, and she would sit in another chair, and hopefully that would bring her more friends. And when she got there, she got chicken. She got fearful. When we make changes, sometimes we face this barrier of fear, and she faced it and she caved to it and she went back to the original chair and she sat down there. And um, as she was sitting there and everybody else is filing in, she noticed a spider on her music stand. She's like, oh! And so she shakes it off and then it fell her direction and she couldn't see where it landed. And so she's jumping up, she's freaking out. She's like, oh, she didn't know where it was. And so because there was a spider there, she thought, I better move chairs. Laughter And so God didn't send her a friend, he sent her a spider. (laughs) And where she ended up, pretty soon two girls come in and flanking her on either side, and she had a great day, and they accepted her. and It was a victory for her, where she had turned a corner, and yet she came out, and one of the first things she says, Mom, he answered my prayer, but... Not the way I thought he was going to answer it. He, he sent a spider. And anyway, it was really fun. And so I just would ask you, what spider has showed up in your life to move you to where you can receive what you're already asking for? You ask for something. You're hoping for something. And what shows up is opposite instead. Didn't I tell you before it's exactly perfect? So in that moment, you're seeing this spider in your life, this awful, awful thing in your life. And in your choice of how to think about that, are you choosing to say, oh, this is all wrong. This is not what's supposed to happen here. I set this goal over here, and this is what's showing up instead. Something's wrong. No, everything is just right. So it shows up, and you say, wow, this is very interesting. And the sooner you can drop to your knees and say, thank you, Lord, for this. I do not understand how this is good for me. But I know that it must be. And I believe that what we've decided to co-create together is still on its way. I'm choosing to believe. It makes me think also of a... Imagine the inside workings of a clock with all the gears uh, interlocking each other and everything. And... Imagine you're this little bug on this gear over here and you have a goal to be on this side of the clock and you could get there by traveling from gear to gear as it turns, right? Well, you're coming around. You know you want to be over here and the gear comes around and it hits another gear and you're like, whoa! And you say, this was not supposed to happen and you just lock down and it's grinding on you instead of letting it spin you and take you where it's going to take you. The key to it is... Finding peace of mind no matter what's going on in your life. Choosing peace of mind no matter what's going on in your life. Choosing to believe that whatever is going on in your life is for your good and taking you in some way to where you were trying to go in the first place. And as you choose to believe that, you're working with the law and the friction becomes instead traction. So this one's kind of fun. Another thing about adversity Can you see the little surfboard there? This is a surfer who's got a goal, perhaps, to get to the shore, and it's the turbulence of the water that could either drown him or propel him. The turbulence is what propels him. This is the life we think we want, right? We think we want life to be like that, where we can just sit easy and have no turbulence, and I call this shark bait, (laughs) And so when you're feeling this in your life, spinning, crashing, enjoy it. I guess I could counsel you to enjoy it. I hesitate to say that because I still have a hard time enjoying it myself. But when I choose to look at it like, man, this is turbulence, where is it taking me? That all depends on where you're focused. What do you think about the surfer who's going down the, the, the... is it called a pipe? It's, pipe? it's the pipe. They're going down the pipe. It's like, whoa, this is too much water. Stop it. <laughs> What's going to happen? i going to totally get that. This is so funny. Like, so funny. Like, my daughter just texted me, my stepdaughter, and we're struggling, big time struggling. And we're talking about turbulence, and she just texted me and said, we're flooding at <laughs> my house. Whoa, fabulous. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I have to share. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wow, it's like right, our exactly. is that funny? We're really struggling all this turbulence and in, in the water and we're yeah. flooding at my house. So, the <laughs> and I'm three hours away. <laughs> so, how do you choose to think about that? Um, I'm drowning. So, making sure that all of this works for your benefit all depends on just taking a moment. And we're gonna, I'm going to have you do it right now. Take a moment. Let's close our eyes again. And picture, picture it solved. Picture the... And, and sometimes it's hard to know what to picture. Okay, What I might picture is coming home and having a big hug with my spouse or someone saying, man, isn't it amazing how this all worked out? I don't know what working out looks like, but isn't it amazing? We got through that. Look at what we learned from that. Holy cow, that was, you know what? That was worth it. I'm creating a story. I'm I'm imagining some story of what I want to feel on the other side of this. And sometimes all it is is picturing yourself doing a high five with someone, and man, that was worth it. Now take a minute. Now, remember this picture. What you pictured is right here. And that's where you're going to stay focused while this is crashing. And all of that crashing is going to propel you all the faster to where you're trying to go. So now, when there is fear or anxiety... Did any of you learn to swim because someone threw you in and let you just figure it out the hard way? <laughs> Truly. Did anybody, did anybody experience that? OK, where you just get thrown in. All right, so if you're trying to teach someone how to swim and they're in fear, what's the first thing you tell them to do? Relax. Why do they need to relax? What's going to happen if they don't? They're going to sink. Okay, oh, God's teaching us a principle here. When you're letting yourself be tense or anxious or fearful, you will sink. And it's not because someone wasn't there to rescue you, it's because you let yourself sink by living in that anxiety. First thing is relax. And then as you're trying to teach them to float, what are you going to have them do next? I got the answers on the board. Breathe, Breathe. Take a deep breath. You sink because you stop breathing. My son had open heart surgery at four days old, and they had him on oxygen for the next four months or so, and so we were carrying the tank around with the baby bag. You thought baby bags were annoying. Okay. And so he was on oxygen this whole time, and I was asking, Hi, guys. Everybody wave at my daughters. Oh, they just disappeared and made me look like I have imaginary friends. <laughs> Anyway, I asked the doctor, there's one. You got her. I asked the doctor, so what does the oxygen really do? And it's because he had high blood pressure in the lungs before he was born, and oxygen is a muscle relaxant. I thought it was, oh, just so that you can get oxygen to the brain. I mean, yes, it does that too, but it is a relaxant. It's a muscle relaxant. She said, and I don't know if this is true, but this came from the doctor. She said that if you were to put a muscle in a test tube with oxygen, it would relax. And um, are you nodding because you know that? Yeah, it's true? Yes. That's good. So I'll keep saying you, that. You, you, have to, it's, you have to put cork on it, though. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Understood. With a cork. All right. So breathing not only helps you float, but it helps you relax, which helps you float. Okay? And then keeping your chin up. Someone's trying to float on their back and they keep looking down, they will sink. And then they look down and they sink and they're like, see, I told you I'd sink. Well, keep your chin up. Be optimistic. This is where these stories are coming from. I pulled some of my favorites from the blog. I've got more than 200 entries in there. And I tell you, it's because after we wrote The Jackrabbit Factor, we made a bunch of money, just about lost it all went through these experiences, and my best blog posts came from me coaching myself on how I should be thinking in this situation right now. I disguised it, so it sounded like I was just telling you because I'm so smart, but no, I'm coaching myself. Okay, Leslie, you've got to do this right now. Anyway, so there's some good stuff in there. And then as far as the patience goes, this kind of a lock can have any number of dials on it. But in order for it to spring open, every one of those dials needs to be in place. True? Mm -hmm. I look back on those seven years of seminars that we attended and how each one gave me a nugget. And I came home knowing everything was going to change, and then two weeks later it hadn't, because I was looking for evidence. And as soon as I realized I was seeing no evidence of the change, I started to doubt, and then the evidence stopped coming. It was me. And so... I realized when we finally got the last piece into play and the lock sprung open and we tripled our income in three months after getting that last nugget, I'm like, oh my goodness, I get it. Our combination lock had about 100 dials on it. That's how many nuggets, that's how many epiphanies we needed to have before all of them were in place. And I used to get really frustrated. I'd see someone else go to the same seminar I'd get a nugget, they'd get a nugget, they'd go home and triple their income, and I went home and didn't. And I'd think, I'm doing the same thing, what's wrong? Well, I had more of those dials to put into place. And so when that sprung open for him, he's like, this was the best seminar ever, it changed my life. Well, it doesn't take into account all the other dials that had to be in place up to that final one. Everybody's final one is the key to everything and the same goes for me because when the thing finally flipped open it was the stickman presentation which I have online for free that's the one that unlocked it for us well it took us a lot longer so did anybody get any epiphanies today whether in my class or someone else's okay one of those just turned into place and it's there and it's there for good and so if things don't change miraculously tomorrow you're still that much closer and there is a finite number of those dials that need to go into place. And one day when you get that last one it'll spring open and that will be the most amazing book you've ever read because that's the one that made all the difference, right? I'll end with this. As I said, when you picture what you're trying to accomplish and you feel it, you're gonna get new ideas. And there was a day where I was needing to solve a certain problem And I was overwhelmed because I was already handling all of these problems. And here comes a new one. I didn't have time to deal with it, but it was urgent. And I'm like, I can't do this. It's too much. It is too much for me. And the thought that came to me was, get out a journal. And so this is the one I got out. And write down on this side anything that that you just can't do on your own it's out of your control anyway it might be a relationship that has issues that you haven't been able to figure out what to do with it and so it's out of your control for now or whatever i wrote down what i needed on the top what i needed actually i think i have a picture yeah this is my secret weapon for combating overwhelm i put what i needed on the left with the date i just opened my heart and to me this was a prayer on paper listing the things that I need that are out of my control that I could use some help with. I'm thinking about that Mongolian story, you know, where I know there's people that can help. I don't know who the right people are. I don't know where the resources are going to come from. But I know God can orchestrate that as long as I believe and don't doubt. And then on the right-hand side, I put how he helped, capital H, with the date when I saw his hand operating in my life. And it used to be I'd write the date... And then on the right side, I'd write the date of when I saw evidence that something was being orchestrated for me. But now I have to write the date and the time because some of them are happening so quick. One of them, my son, this was the thing that showed up. I was already overwhelmed with these other things. And my son showed up and said, Mom, can you help me find a job? Okay. You know how long that could take? That's like no small thing. It was his first job. He wanted to find a job. It, he wanted it to be manual labor. He wanted to build muscle, and he wanted it to make this much money by a certain time. I'm like, oh, I'm already doing it. I'll see what I can do, honey. I'll, maybe tomorrow we can, I don't know. Anyway, so I had this thought to write it down, and so I wrote it down what I needed. I needed help finding Nathan a job because I didn't have time to physically do it. Well, within 20 minutes... My brother-in-law called and said, Hey, is Nathan available? I want to hire him for about five days. We're remodeling a house, and I need a demo. I need muscle to help gut this bathroom. And I just smiled, and I gave thanks, and I realized that I don't have to do it all. I don't even have to know how to do it all. All I need to have is a vision of what I'm trying to accomplish, faith, feeling it, what, what's it going to be like when it's accomplished, choosing to believe instead of doubting and where i can't do it all i put it in my book all right i need help with this i'm not asking him to do anything for me that i would do on my own if i could i'm not looking for an easy ride i'm just overwhelmed i need help and i know that he does and i've seen that in my life and as we acknowledge his hand in all things that that relationship becomes stronger and it becomes a partnership And then we realize that we have Unseen Help to help orchestrate everything that we need to become all that we were intended to be and to fulfill our life mission while we're here. Make sure you go get your free download of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, which is the sequel. I recommend that you never do one without the other. And I want to thank you for coming and enjoy the rest of your day. concludes today's episode of the rare faith podcast you've been listening to leslie householder author of the jackrabbit factor portal to genius and hidden treasures heaven's astonishing help with your money matters all three books can be downloaded free at a rare kind of so tell your friends and join leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life